Hey everyone, I'm Ian Skura. And I'm Emily Hickmott. And welcome back to The Beat. This week's question is... What does it take to be a good snitch? So, similar to last week, we reached out to five different experts on our topic from different parts of the country. This week's guests are Jamie Luby, Matthew Cooper, Adil Abdallah, Gabe Garces, and Anthony Hawkins. With our guests, we hope to introduce voices you might not have heard from that represent a diverse group of experiences. We will continue doing our best to find a diverse range of voices, but if you have recommendations or ideas, please let us know in our Google form linked in the, in the description of this podcast. With that, let's just jump right into the interviews. So today we have our first returning guest, um, Jamie Luby. This time she's here to talk about snitching. Um, so Jamie began snitching um, around 2013 at UCLA but got really into it when she was at Anteater Quidditch because she wanted to make sure that her seekers had the ability to get good, as they say. Um, so yeah, and just a reminder, Jamie has two great cats, Lyra and Finnick, who are both fantastic. So welcome back, Jamie. We're so glad to have you again. Hi, thank you for having me. It's good to be back. So I guess just to start right off, um... We like with your background, we know a little bit of how you got involved in snitching, but like what what drew you to snitching um, just personally? Yeah, uh, when I was at UCLA, so like I said, I started at UCLA really briefly in 2013. And then in like 2014, 15, I snitched a little bit with Anteater Quidditch and I, I started to really like it. And I wanted to make sure that my players had. Um, like seeking practice um, and I really enjoyed the physical aspect of it I thought it was fun to be able to like be that physical as a player and like kind of push people around a little bit um, and grapple I love grappling with players I think it's a really interesting facet of the sport because you don't often see that on a field sport so I just loved that. Um, and then when I got to Gambit, so I snitched quite a bit. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I just always found it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And who's a seeker you've really enjoyed like snitching against? Do you have anyone who like stands out in your head? So I have a couple answers to this one. I I have an old school answer with with names who people may or may not know, probably some people will know, but, and then I have a newer answer um, with people who are a little bit more present in the sport right now. Um, so old school, since I've been around since like 2009 in the sport, um, Dan Howland from Crimson Elite oh, is, Dan Howland. he's fantastic. He is such a good seeker. Uh, his lanky, long arms are just, like, super hard to move past, and they make you really creative as a snitch, and they make you, like, like the way that he uses his body when he's seeking makes you think on your toes. Um, and then also I love snitching. I love snitching against Margot Ailman. 
um, because he was a very physical seeker and he forced me to like be present on my, uh, like be physical. He forced me to really like be ready with my physicality. And then a more recent example for me would be seeking against Justin Fernandez on Lost Boys. I would just say that the reason I like seeking against or snitching against him is because he's incredible and he always manages to teach me something every time I have snitched against him. Yeah, I've always been super impressed with Justin as a Mm -hmm. seeker. He's so good. Yeah, I feel like one of the cool things just in general about being a snitch from the little knowledge I have is it seems like there are lots of seekers who approach it so differently, kind of even more so than other uh, positions in the sport. So I feel like being a snitch, you get to see all these different styles and like types of players and how they approach seeking. Um, So I feel like that must be fun as a snitch to see all those different styles. It is. It's really interesting to watch different types of players go about trying to catch a snitch and then it's really interesting on the flip side watching different snitching styles because there are multiple like I would say two or three different types of snitches that you see out there and it's fun to watch different people snitch because they kind of have their own personality to it. Yeah, and how have you kind of worked on getting better as a snitch? Like, what are some things you've tried or succeeded in doing? Yeah, um, I'm a so I'm a smaller player. I'm pretty lanky. I don't have a whole lot of muscle on my body, but I am fast, and I have really solid balance on the field, and so I use that to my advantage. Um, and on top of that, my I'm, I'm pretty limber with how I move and um, the my thing that I like to use when I'm snitching is I, I like to make sure that I'm moving my hips away from the hand that is trying to grab the snitch. And so my style tends to revolve around like quick parries with my hands while grappling, while running backwards, and then turning quickly with my hips when players are trying to grab the snitch from me. So I've really improved with my style by realizing that I'm not that super strong, big snitch who's going to just be able to stand in one spot the whole time and push people off. So oftentimes I'm on the midline and I'm just running back and forth from one side of the field to the other. And I, I think like going into your own personal style is what really helped me become a better snitch. Yeah, I think snitching is something a lot of people can be really good at. You just have to find the thing that works like best for you. Um, yeah. A while, I would say, so I, I wanna say like last season, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last season. I I held a snitching event where I got together a few of the West's, like, top snitches and seekers. And we did, like, a 
like about 15 people that came and we like I think it was actually like 10 to 15 probably 10 and then like people trickled here and there in and out um and we just went over like basics of snitching basics of seeking and it was really interesting to see how everybody's different style played into what they were learning and yeah like you can come with like no experience and i think you can still become a pretty solid snitch or seeker and then so i guess like with what you're saying snitching and seeking are both kind of positions where it's about figuring out what styles work work best for you and um, really embracing those. Uh, so what tips would you have, I guess, mostly for, for snitches um, who want to get better at it, but also just in general in such a specialized position? So I would say that the biggest tool you can use is first is going to be what your strength is. So if you're like a, if you're a grappling player, if you're a grappling snitch, like use your strength and use your ability to push people back. Um, But like, so first off is find out what you're good at. And then second, I think any snitch can incorporate more hip movement. Um, It's a really underutilized thing that I've seen the last two nationals that I've been to. I snitched a little bit and most of the snitches that I was watching as I was getting ready for games didn't really use their hips as much as they could have. And I think if you have a little bit more mobility there, then when you do have that hand kind of start to go for this, like the snitch and you have a a close call, um, it's easier to move away from it if you're just kind of isolating your hips away from their hand. So yeah, I would say all snitches should learn to use their hips. Be like Shakira. Your Mm -hmm. hips don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. So next on our podcast, we have Matthew Cooper. um, And he has been snitching for about five years uh, during his time at University of Virginia, um, where he snitches, chases, and seeks. He snitched everything from uh, Merck tournaments to the finals of MLQ, um, and says that one of the most fun times he's ever had snitching was a bracket playing game during MLQ championships in 2019, uh, where both teams were trying to get to the score cap, and um, he almost kind of won the game by surviving both seekers attempting to grab uh, the entire time towards set score. So welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, we're super excited. Because I know every time I watch a snitch, I'm just like, man, he's so good at this. Um, <laughs> so how did you get involved in snitching? Yeah, no, it's it's funny. Uh, thinking back on it, I guess I got sort of dragged into it the second semester of my freshman year of college when I'd already been playing as a chaser and seeker for a while at that point. But there was just some random tournament that they ran out of snitches, and so... They asked if they wanted to do it, and I think I ended up snitching a game between, and God, I think this is going to date me, Capital Madness and Villanova, uh, where they had, I think they had only had smalls in terms of short size, and so it was a very embarrassing photo of me uh, snitching that game uh, with very, like, on <laughs> equipment that was not proper for my uh, size. But that was the first time 
that <laughs> I sort of donned the yellow. Yeah, that is uh, definitely a throwback pair of teams, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but and... I, I think oh, sorry, I was thinking that my, but I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say that's why I snitched because I was honestly I was probably awful there. I think really what it comes down to is uh, I don't even know his name, but the snitch from that year's uh, USQ Nationals, so the Lone Star Texas uh, Championship, was like I don't even honestly I don't even remember the game because I just remember just watching him the whole time. Like I don't remember any of the beating or the. Uh, or like whatever there was at the Chaser game, he was just so awesome that uh, I think uh, that he sort of inspired a lot of what I would do later on. Uh, so shout out to that guy. <laughs> yeah, that was Stu Driftlot, I believe. And yeah, oh, okay. he was definitely a fun snitch to watch in those games. He has a lot of flair when he snitches. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Stu, okay, great. I'm glad to put a name to, it, to the sort of <laughs> the legend. Um, so who's a particular seeker that you've enjoyed snitching against as as you've continued to snitch throughout your career yeah or or a couple seekers i guess yeah no i, I think I, I think josh andrews so i guess of calvary and uh, uh austin outlaws uh mm-hmm. fame i think he he was the first and probably one uh, i would say only snitch that i've had to sort of watch film on and actually prepare for because I think the first time I went up against him I don't remember what what tournament was but it was shocking how athletic and but fast and with good technique he had he had and he seemed to seek his own his all all in his own way and after that I sort of watched his other games and the next time I went up against him I like okay, I'm ready this time I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna show him what I got and it was and I think after we kind of go each other a couple times, I ended up snitching a game. I think it was MLQ finals of uh, Josh Andrews on one side and Harry Greenhouse on the other, who's sort of my <laughs> idol of terms of seeking and snitching. Because from Mid Atlantic, he was sort of as I was coming up the best you know that you could find anywhere. And so yeah. that was sort of a real. Uh, it was a little. It was a little. Uh, I don't know. My heart a little flood a little bit, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I get I get to, I get the honor of sort of being uh, uh, chased after by uh, by these two. So I, that was a very that was a great time. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, I would be terrified personally because both of those seekers are so so good. But I can definitely understand that. So um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any tricks or tips um, that you? would have for other snitches um, who want to get better and like continue to improve? Yeah. Um, so from a, you know, just a physical uh, ability standpoint, I think you have to be able to backpedal and what I would call hand fighting. So backpedaling from football, just being able to move quickly backwards while facing the seeker. No matter, I think basically no matter how strong you are, uh, you, there's gonna be people stronger than you, so you have to move backwards, and you sort of have to learn how to be able to go as fast and you do that for as long as you can. Because if you're far away from the snit, if the seekers, they can't catch you, and it's just it really, it honestly can be as easy as that. <laughs> I hate fast snitches more than anything <laughs> when I'm a seeker than anything in the world. So like, it, it's it's ba- it's basically broken <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a broken ability. But uh, the uh, other would be the hand fighting. It's as a wrestling term, basically using your arm uh, hands to keep your the, seek, the seekers away 
for your body once they get in close and you know that's grabbing their hands pushing their shoulders any sort of any basically watching Perry Greenhouse or any sort of wrestling stuff you can find I think it's it's really underrated uh, and you don't have to be strong because if you watch wrestling wrestlers are anything from 100 pounds to 200 pounds so you don't have to uh, you know be all over body it's all it can be very sort of going with the flow using their own momentum against them so I think those are the two uh, critical uh, sort of pieces of advice. And actually, you know, my own little spin on the hand fighting is that I always love using one arm to sort of disrupt and one arm to protect. So one, my left hand will usually mess with a seeker, sometimes, you know, playfully play with their ha- their hair or like I grab their arm, swap them away. And the other one is so- the other arm, my right arm is sort of to protect myself from people, you know, diving, lunging, etc. So that's sort of my little spin on that. Gotcha. And are there any kind of, I think those are some, some great tips, but are there also any like strategies or things you've learned from being on the other side and seeking that have helped you actually develop your, your snitching abilities too? A lot of seekers and, you know, no, no knock on seekers tend to have one move, maybe two moves. And so if you're really, if you're sort of, if you're a snitch who is um, sort of worried about your physical, like your physical tra- traits that you might get overwhelmed you can basically learn very quickly what the seeker's one move is and just counter that hard. You know, if they're, if oftentimes people only have one arm, so they can only attack with their right hand. If you just grab that hand or basically stand facing the way that they, they can't catch you with that hand, they're not going to switch hands. So that's a little, I try not to, I, when I'm stitching, I try to just sort of, I don't do, I don't rely on that very much except for the highest level against someone like Josh Andrews or Harry Greenhouse where I sort of, Unless I counter their moves specifically, I will get run over. Uh, but it's very useful for young people to sort of, uh, especially if you do seeking and snitching, you can just sort of, if you know how to beat their one seeker move, you can actually pick it up and try it on your own. So I, I think sort of really, you know, focusing on what they're doing is super useful and not just thinking like, oh, no, they're going to do some. They're not just, because most seekers aren't just flailing. They're trying something. They just don't have a lot of tools. Yeah. How often would you say you like actively uh, like scout seekers? I know you mentioned you scouted Josh Andrews. Have you felt the need to do that for any other seekers? Yeah, so I think you know Harry Greenhouse, but I've also just watched him uh, as I got older. Anyway, uh, I think for the most and maybe Darren Creary, uh, mm. sort of a niche uh, you know guy from the Mid Atlantic um, who uh, came out and seen with a bang, and uh, he's sort of a similar kind of um, big, really tall guy, and I think it also. So I and I, I'm more. I like to play instinctually. I think I just want to have more fun when I snitch, sort of, uh, almost a fight or flight response. Like if I'm, if I think I'm gonna get overwhelmed, I just run away, and if I think I can take them, I be more physical. But it's nice to sort of, but know what your weaknesses are. So I'm a little shorter, or at least you know, compared to some seekers. So I know that if that the taller someone is, I have to sort of change my style. I have to play big. I have to maybe run away more than I would like to. Uh, so, but let's say you're uh, a much quicker, you know, maybe you're a quicker snitch or you're really tall and lanky, then you might want to say, okay, I know other, other seekers are going to get who are shorter might get underneath me and catch me faster than other people. So you might want to look at those people more. So I think really it's a mashup dependent sort of scouting. Fun fact about Darren Curry. 
he one time I was playing against VCU at World Cup six, and he scored I think all of the goals against Tufts, and then we made it to overtime, and then he caught the snitch in overtime to win. So he's definitely <laughs> <laughs> very good at Quidditch. Yeah. So. Oh my God. <laughs> it was very sad. I was. <laughs> All right, our next guest is Adil Abdallah, who is a non-playing snitch that has been snitching since World Cup 7, at least. Um, last year, he snitched the college or club final um, for USQ. He's also snitched um, the final in MLQ's inaugural season. And one time, he snitched 16 games in a weekend during the 2017 Great Lakes Regionals. Um, so he also has a roommate with a cat called Milo, and so that's the animal in his life currently. Um, welcome, Adil. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Um, so before we jump into our, our planned questions, I just want to ask about the snitching 16 games in a weekend. Um, yeah. How, did, was that like planned ahead of time, or did you just end up jumping into a lot of games unexpectedly? It was it was planned before time, so it was like, I think they released the schedules for like the Great Lakes Regionals was like the Tuesday, and I was like, I had an interview for a job in like Detroit on like the Tuesday, and I decided like, okay, I can make all this work, so then I decided like to like fly from Texas to do that Great Lakes Regionals, and then when I saw the schedule, it was like, they had me like nearly every time slot. Oh my gosh. Like, truly bless you. <laughs> This is why we need more more snitches in general. So no one has to snitch 16 games in a weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I wasn't like the only one who had that ridiculous schedule. There was like two others that did something similar to me. Jeez, yeah. I don't know how you had the stamina to keep that up. Uh, some games are a bit touchy, some questionable. Oh. Yeah. So with that, uh, how did you get involved in, in snitching to start with? Alright, so I think my first tournament I went to, like prior to it, like all my teammates were all like, "Yeah, snitching's hard. Don't it's it's like really draining," yeah, it's, and they were really like putting me off it. So then when I like went to my first tournament, which was like Miami of Ohio's like Phoenix Cup, I saw a snitch like off pitch, like this like back when off pitch was a thing. He debroomed two seekers, threw their brooms out, and then they both had to like grab their brooms, <laughs> go back on pitch tag up and then come back and he just did it again and I was just sitting there just laughing at him and I was like I, I really want to do this yeah. so, and then like that. next tournament I, that was the first time I snitched and it was like a regionals wow okay <laughs> yeah wow you've been snitching for a while do you miss off pitch sneaking or snitching at all oh no definitely honestly that was like my favorite part when I first started like back then, there was a lot more like interactions between like a snitch and the crowd, and like the snitch and like other snitches. So you'd you'd go off pitch, and then there would be some random team. They'll be like, "Oh, we'll hide you in our tent." So then you'd hide in the tent, wait until the time comes out, and like get out and go back to the field. And you're like talking with them, just like you're just chilling. So once the off pitch snitching was gone, like that that was gone. It definitely made for a lot of like very memorable catches, I feel like. I know 
have a specific memory of Greg Bento at his very first tournament because he was like running a marathon or something. And he was our off pitch seeker and he was seeking against Harry and he was like, it was on the Maryland campus and he like gets debroomed, runs all the way back, touches the hoop and then runs back out to get Harry. And I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like, I, I really do miss it. It's like, and there was like interactions with other snitches too. Like, I feel like the snitch like, there was more like community with the snitches when off-pitch snitching was a thing. Because like you'd all go out and then you'd like hide together or something. And I remember like one of, in, in that first tournament I snitched, I was like very close like to the two seekers that were after me. And then the snitch, who was like snitching another game, just like, tackles one of the seekers and then I just bolt the other direction like absolutely saved me <laughs> absolutely illegal but it was it, it was a good memory <laughs> <laughs> wow <Snitching> give stitches <laughs> sometimes um so who is a seeker you've really enjoyed snitching against and you can have more than one if there's like a couple that stand out yeah so the first one that comes to mind is um Matt Pesh, he's a IU, used to be IU seeker. I think he played for uh, Boom Train too. This guy's like a ball of energy. He just like charges at you full speed. He doesn't, he doesn't have any strategy besides just sprinting at you. And like, oh, I really, I really enjoy it because like there are a lot of seekers that just like come up to you, stop, and then like faint and dive or something. But this guy doesn't even think about it. He just runs at me. I really enjoyed that. But like besides him, I really like a. Uh, like uh, this guy, he used to play for Ball State, Jason Bowling. Mm -hmm. He uh, he's very unique because like I feel like a lot of seekers I seek against are very like one-dimensional and like, okay, I'm gonna dive and I'm just gonna change the way I'm gonna dive. But this guy like he'll he'll, he'll he's caught me in like millions 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 of different ways, and like he was like the closest school to me, so I snitched against him a lot, and. I, I was always impressed that he would always have like a different trick to come out with. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess having seen a variety of seekers then and faced uh, seekers like Jason Boyne who are able to throw a lot of different methods at you, do you have any tricks or tips for uh, other snitches who are looking to get better? So if, if, so like my like advice like changes, like for example, like there are a lot of different like snitches out there that have like different ways of snitching. So me personally, I'm a like put my hands on your shoulder, backpedal kind of guy, right? So mm -hmm. while on the other hand, someone like Trey, he like he stands in one spot, like just uses his like muscles to like throw you around. So my biggest advice is like figure out like what you think you'd be best at, and those aren't the only two options, but those are the two like most like frequent I've seen options I'd say like if you're like a beginner like find a, someone who you think you can like do something similar to and then base it off of that and then like as you progress like see how you've been caught and then like think like okay how could I have avoided that and uh, a lot of a lot of times like when like snitches get caught I always hear them saying like oh that guy just like really long arms or like really strong but really fast and I feel like those things are like are always going to happen so you have to like come up with new ways to like get around that me personally like if I'm backpedaling and there's someone who's like genuinely faster than me I would use try and use their momentum to push me back so I'd, I'd push on their shoulders and like jump off of them 
so that th their momentum is like pushing me further. So the faster they go, the faster I go back. Mm. Gotcha. Um, and, and with that, have you ever actually studied or like kind of researched any snitches, uh, seekers, sorry, before snitching in games uh, where you knew you might have to face those seekers? I've never done it for like a seeker that's like I've never met. So if it's like a USQ, I'm not gonna like okay, I'm gonna like I knew I was gonna snitch that final and at like around the quarterfinals. So I didn't like look at the semifinals just to see how they did it per mm -hmm. se, but it'd be a situation where this seeker caught me this way, um and then I like, okay, so to combat that I'm gonna have like a different stance per I'm gonna have like my arms like in a different position for this specific seeker. So gotcha. if someone if someone's diving and I know they're like predominantly right-handed, I'll have my like left hand on their on their like elbow, and then have like my right hand near their chest, so that I can like push them down as they're diving. Yeah, gotcha. that makes a lot of sense. So I know you snitched a lot in both the Great Lakes Midwest area and the Southwest. What region do you think has stronger seekers overall? <laughs> I think it's definitely the Southwest. I, I can't vouch for the Midwest Great Lakes now, but back when I was there, there the the prominent seekers were like Jason Bowling, there was Jeff Sywick, there was uh, Sunshine, and what I always struggle with aren't necessarily the seekers that dive or like are like fast. It's the ones that stay on their feet and like out muscle me. So the, the in uh mid in the Great Lakes. The, the biggest problem I would have would be like Jason or this guy named Gabe Boris. But when I came to Southwest, that's all the seekers just stay up. So it was like I had to like deal with that every game. Yeah, Josh Andrews, I feel like is really that like yeah. just like barrels through. Um, <laughs> yeah. and he's very good at it. So yeah, he's also like the thing that surprised me about Josh is that he's like he caught me by diving. I just never expected it. Mm. So like he'll 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 pull a rabbit out of the hat too. Yeah, I haven't ever stitched against him, but just from watching, it seems like he has more tricks up his sleeve than people necessarily give him credit for at first glance. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, next on the podcast we have Gabe Garces who has been playing Quidditch since 2012, but snitching uh, since 2013, um, and has snitched many finals in USQ and MLQ, um, and is partially responsible for a few MLQ rule changes in particular related to snitching. And as well, he uh, is potentially going to have a new animal in his life uh, because he's looking at getting a new corgi. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to talk to you. I know every time I watch you snitch, I'm like, man, you're so good at this. <laughs> um, so how did you get involved in snitching? Uh, yeah, so that's a funny story because uh, Baylor has this night where all of the um, student organizations come and kind of showcase what they're all about. And, you know, I was thinking about doing some club sports my freshman year, and, you know, I was... Uh, football guy, uh, that's really all I knew, so I, you know, instinctively was like, oh, there's rugby, that has a ball that's shaped like a football, why don't I do that? And uh, that year, Quidditch just happened to be the booth right beside the rugby booth, 
And so, you know, I was a, a pretty big nerd back then to, you know, playing Dungeons Dragons, you know, typical video games, board games. You know, I loved all that. So, of course, I knew Harry Potter. And I went over to the booth after I uh, wrote my name down in the rugby booth. And I said, like, hey, what is this? And they're like, you know, talking about it. It's based on uh, the Harry Potter books and the movies. And I was like, well, cool. um, well I'm up for anything. Do y'all have uh, a position that like, just runs around and hits people? And they're like, well, we're actually looking for someone to learn how to snitch. You just run around and throw people. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'll try that. And so wrote my name down. And uh, really, I didn't even start playing Quidditch, you know, with the normal Quaffle or Bludgers. I started you know, my first practice there as a snitch because that's what they said was, like, the most intense position. Wow. Man, that sounds fantastic. Also, I would <laughs> hate to be a seeker practicing against you in, a, in any way. Just, like, you start seeking and you have to go against Gabe your first time. Well, probably <laughs> well, why yeah, Baylor I mean, had such good snitching seekers. <laughs> yeah, back then, uh, I remember when I first started, it was rough because, you know, you know, you're pretty in shape, but, you know, see, uh, snitching is just such a, a different type of body movement. You know, most people don't think, oh, I'm going to run backwards for 20 minutes straight, you know. And so I remember the first time, you know, back then Baylor had some really big guys on the team. And so I was like, okay, this this is going to be a challenge. And first time out, out there, I mean, I got bullied. I got tackled to the ground a couple of times, you know, flopped. I was just like, oh, this is intense. Dang. And in your time snitching, do you have any seekers in particular that you've enjoyed snitching against? So I'm going to say this. As much as there's school rivalry, I have to give the most fun seekers consistently uh, for throughout the years has gone to A&M. Uh, they just have always had really fun... Uh, great uh, seekers and you know big guys quick guys uh, you know long lanky guys like it's just been really cool and I would say that my favorite seeker to go against just because of the novelty of it uh, I don't know his name because it was my first World Cup it was World Cup 6 and I got to snitch against one of the teams there that was from France and so this guy speaking French we're going at it and it, I'm just like wow this is crazy like he was super intense like you know he was pretty hardcore about it and like just the fact that like in my head I was like I never thought I would play a sport where I'd be playing against someone from another nation yeah I'm not like a hundred percent sure because that was a while ago, but I feel like his name, or at least his nickname was Tarzan, maybe? I feel like there was a... That, that seems a little a little bit familiar. Like, that ring a bell. Yeah. If you are the French seeker who seeked World Cup 6 against Gabe, let us know, because it'd be cool to know. <laughs> um, it'd definitely be cool to know. So, do you have any tricks or tips that you have to get better? Um, so, just ways you've kind of adapted your snitching to improve? Yeah, so I would say anyone that wants to learn how to snitch better, uh, the first thing you need to do is learn all the muscle memory movements. Uh, so, you need to be able to know what your hands and arms are doing without having to look at them. 
if you are having to always look at what you're doing, uh, you're never going to get to that like next tier of like how good you could be. Uh, it just goes because you naturally are going against two seekers a lot of times, and you know, yeah, you have beater help, and you know, stuff happens where you're only going against one. But in those crucial moments when you're, you know, tired and you know everything is down to the wire, and you know, each team is counting on you to uh, defend against the other seeker, and you know, both of them dive on it, hoping to end the game because they're both exhausted and you're exhausted. Uh, it's those little movements that you learn just behind. Uh, I you know, little flicks of the wrist, I call them, behind the back. Because uh, while I'm focusing on one guy, another one will dive in, and knowing where the snitch is hanging, I can just do a little wrist tap, and, you know, just a fraction of an inch, and someone goes from, you know, pulling the snitch to just bouncing off of it, and it'll just, you know, fly up. So it's just those little movements that uh, people have to think about. It's not just about what's in front of you. That's, yeah, that's definitely some good advice. I feel like, I mean, I don't know a lot about snitching, but that makes a lot of sense that it's about these kind of like muscle memory movements and like practicing them as much as you can so that when you're in, in that game situation, you almost don't have to think about it and you can kind of counteract all the, the different looks that any seeker might try against you. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess another thing I would say is like everybody's body's different, right? And, you know, people compare like oh like you know there can't be another person like me because you know I'm my body type and more lanky or smaller snitches and have to do different things uh, but you know I argue that there's a lot of things that are same just like positioning and movement and uh, understanding conserving your stamina and uh, where your uh, body weight is positioned stuff like that is all really integral to becoming like the best snitch that you can yeah, and that those things are all things that you can, like, train and get better at as opposed to just being limited to, like, this is my body. But you can, like, train yourself to be more field aware or understand how you're moving your body around and how just all of those things. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> all right, our next guest is Anthony Hawkins, um, who is more often referred to as Spider Stitch. He has been snitching for seven years and has switched, snitched two West Regional Finals, two College National Finals, and has been Snitch of the Year two times. He also currently dog sits a rescue pit bull from a dog fighting ring who is very cute and is in the process of moving in with some teammates. And once they are all moved in, they're going to adopt a rescue greyhound. So welcome, Anthony. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for having me. So how did you actually get started snitching? How did you get involved? The very first time that I ever got into it was uh, on my first season on the now disbanded, well, a lot of teams are disbanded, um, the Hollywood Harpies back in 2013 at our first Western Cup that uh, we were already, like, knocked out. We were terrible. Um, and they just... The, I think the tournament director was just corralling volunteers out of desperation because just off of schedule. And they came by our little team camp and asked if you wanted to snitch. And then everyone was silent. And then I raised my hand a couple seconds later, I'll do it. And that was my very first ever snitch game. 
And unfortunately, just out of angst, nervousness, the very first seeker that came up against me in that game, after, this was after, or this is back when off-pitch seeking was a thing. After he came up to me on field, I remember shoving him just out of like fear that he fell backwards and got a mild concussion from that interaction with me. I felt so bad. <laughs> but, yeah. Dang. It happens. Like sometimes no. you have someone fall improperly. But I'm sure as you've gotten more experience with niching, you do a much like you do a good job keeping everybody safe. Right. Then that that's kind of the maybe I was even I'm not gonna say it's good that I hurt the first ever guy I went against, but it probably not it probably it did instill a more conscious effort to be safer with those engagements. And that yeah. lasted through a seven year stitching career. Um, that's very cool. I was actually watching um, a bunch of old World Cup 6 film and I saw like the snitch braid and I saw you in it and I was like oh my god I didn't know Anthony had been snitching this long and was at that tournament and it was just like a really cool thing to see because um, I was like wow he's been here so long um, so, so in your long tenure as a snitch who is a seeker or seekers who have you really enjoyed snitching against? The, the first one that uh, most definitely comes to mind is who ended up being my teammate last year was uh, Justin Fernandez, formerly of like the Black Tips, and then he had the rest of his time with the Lost Boys. He, he and I had a good like, slingshot rivalry throughout both of our 10 years. Like one, one season, like we, we, we know about it on each other, we talk about it. We'd put poke jabs at each other because one, one season, like he'd have my number, get really quick grabs in games I did against him, and then the following season, I'd go above him and just completely shut him down until like handicaps, and even after handicaps. And then he would, it was a good, it was great. It was just like a slingshot because I would get better from him making me look like a fool, <laughs> and then he would get better for me shutting him down, and that, that little rivalry was beneficial for both of us on our respective jobs, positions. So that, that's one seeker, and then it was fun to go against Joshua Andrews mm -hmm. of Calvary, because it was really like, I just have the lore of just, I'm on the West Coast, so I don't see much of East Coast players or Texas players, obviously, other than Nationals and MLQ Finals. So just seeing him in person and going against the, the Team USA guy that supposedly is like top three. So that, that was really cool. And I was happy to hold my own. Like our, our two interactions were solid for both of us. Like, no one really stood out, but we were like solid, even match, and that that made me feel pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, Josh then, has come up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> one more um, similar instance to the just the the hype of hearing about the name is a uh, Harry Greenhouse. 
Mm. And the first ever game I had to snitch a QCB game, it was he and I. And I think just for the measurements or style versus style, I honestly shut him down so well for my own end to the point of where he was just very flustered and frustrated on his performance and that made me really like it, it, it boosted my ego even though I don't I shouldn't have any more <laughs> strokes to my ego but like there was there's the instance uh, this was the World Cup that was in Columbia South Carolina I forget the numbers I remember more locations that one's nine was, nine thank you there, <laughs> there was then the second game I had of QCB in that same World Cup or Nationals at that time or whichever one. I got down to one hand and I was still, still shutting him down even with the handicaps and that again, inflation of ego, but with warranty. <laughs> with warranty. And then are there any specific tricks or tips you have for other snitches or things that you personally work on um, to help you get better at snitching? Yes, yes. Uh, tips, tips for any any martial art will help with the the snitching defense. Because if you think of it as a fight, it, it's very much so body versus body, reaction versus reflex, or reaction and reflex, not versus. Reflex. And it has so many ties in with any martial art training. And uh, my, my main practice wasn't is jujitsu and that was just so good at defense and parring and uh, footwork and dis distancing right mm -hmm. and then in jujitsu they have like the red yellow and green zone the green zone where you're farther away and then yellow where you're in somewhat danger and the red where you have to engage or just get out and that helps miles and miles on any success that came to me with that. But then that's not just a jiu-jitsu-specific uh, range that goes into boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing. Uh, so, so in short, long story short, uh, martial arts. And then one tip that I didn't realize that I'd been mistaking, mistakenly doing was... Any workouts I would do, I would gear them towards more bodybuilding, like the chest day, the arm day, which for what we want as like a Quidditch athlete or a snitch athlete or just even any uh, sport athlete, we would more gear towards like a CrossFit style or an athletic training style because all the bodybuilding that I was doing was just making me slower. I mean, it looked nice. It looked all inflated and puffy, but it was not helping out as much as it looked or felt. That makes sense. Like it's better to be more agile, um, just because a lot of it is like moving your feet. Yeah, and the hips, hip movement, violent hip extension, as <laughs> one of my favorite, as was one of my favorite Instagram training channels explains and has it as their. Uh, catchphrase, <laughs> and also, and also, and also another um, aspect of the martial art 
is not even physical. It's uh, the confidence building that it has the potential to give you. It's it's one of the best confidence builders that I've ever found in my life. And if I ever have kids, they're going as uh, as soon as they're able into it. Also, if they want to, it's their option. That I'm going to give them the option to get into jujitsu. And then and also like there's so much knowledge that you can tweak and make it your own. And that's a and that's another cool thing about just the the individual as a snitch. If you want to get farther into it, you can make it perfectly unique to whatever you want to work it out to. And I think that's because it's kind of like a like a a WWE persona, right? You can be you can have this character and you can build it and if you want to do it for an extended amount of time, you can just keep on adding and adding from your foundation. And I think that's one of the, the coolest one 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 more cooler thing about snitching in itself. Yeah. I think especially as we go and try and like market quidditch more having like snitches with like this is the kind of snitch they are and like having snitch and seeker rivalries would be something that would be really really great for marketing so thanks again to all of our guests we really appreciate getting to speak to y'all um and some lingering thoughts after our interviews so during our intro for matt we actually forgot to mention that he has a two adorable little shih tzus um one of which uh, actually will chase him around when he snitches sometimes yeah which was honestly like a prime i just love that visual so much um yeah me snitches too. are are a vital part of our community and so it's important as a community that we work to improve them as jamie mentioned increasing opportunities to work on snitching is super important and so i think the seeker and snitch workshops that she was talking about are a great way to improve both snitching and seeking and they also are great because you can typically do them with less people than a typical practice yeah that's definitely true um and another thing that actually pretty much everyone we talked to mentioned um is when snitching uh specifically finding what works for you the individual as a snitch uh, they mentioned that there's no one right way to snitch um, and that you should find what works for you. And this stuck out to both of us because it's an important aspect of all positions in Quidditch, really, um, especially being the young sport that Quidditch is. There's no single right way to play any position, and I think we often forget that. Um, so this means that we're especially excited to continue talking about different positions in Quidditch and exploring new, way <laughs> um, exploring new ways to approach the game. Yeah, for sure. Um... Thanks again to Nick Jablonski, our producer, and Christina Gux, who created the music we have in our podcast. Yeah, and please remember to submit any questions you want us to discuss uh, in the form linked in our podcast description. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day. And we'll catch you next time.